welcome to the first episode of Your Time on the Run, the hunted podcast from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me for the first time since May is our very own Tades of T-Rex, Michelle Pierce-Denneman. Hello. And making his debut is a guy who's so Gen X that 15 to 1 gave him a participation trophy, although he wasn't sure whether it was a Grammy or a Mercury Prize, Anthony Williams. Hello. Are you aware that Anthony has been on quite a few game shows? I am. Have you seen any of them? <laughs> I've seen one. I can't. I, I can't remember which one it was. So he had to answer questions, but um, yeah. About a week ago, in preparation for this podcast, I was catching up on uh, the fifteen to one episode that I hadn't seen yet. The one where he did best. Once you've been on enough competition type shows, you then move on to reality shows. We had a woman here who started off in things like Sale of the Century and, and question-type shows, and then she moved on to the mall. Well, there you go, So It's just practice. I'm working my up, Michelle. When exactly. Whenever we get the UK Amazing Race, I'll be, well, probably one place behind Michael, I would imagine. <laughs> G- given my performance in the ORG, I doubt it. <laughs> but when we get the UK mall coming back, obviously I'm going to be all over that. If that day ever comes, then, uh, yeah, I'll, I will definitely be there. How many British moles have there been? Two. Logan got it cancelled. <laughs> How did Logan get it cancelled? Because the second series, there was two series in a year, one in sort of January, February, and one in October, November. And the second one, filmed in British Columbia, about ten minutes away from where Logan lived at the time. He has previously said that had he known about it, he would have got his parents to basically drive him to all the filming locations to try and spoil it, basically. But it's a nice recurring joke that Logan got it cancelled. Because he was in the area. He has that presence. So we are all huge fans of Hunted from last year. I love it. I can't understand why it wasn't even nominated for the Rose Door this year when Pick Me won, of all things. Yeah, but you know, Pick Me had a really good cast, you got to admit. Not sure about that. There's a YouTube clip of me on that show, Michelle, by the way. Oh, is there? How many shows have you been on? Well, technically two. That one and the one you've seen, although I made it into the audience for Pick Me. It would be good to be on a daytime show because then your friends wouldn't see you. You'd just have all the oldies looking at you and you could sort of do it incognito. So we all were massive fans of Hunted last year and it's been one of my passion projects to get a Hunted podcast together because no one else does it. Woohoo! So here we are. Yay. Yay. Season two. Season two. And they've gone bigger and better. I would say so. I think um, I think adding the prize has probably added a, an extra dimension. And I, I think they've uh, pushed it a little bit in the game direction. But I was worried they were going to go too far with that. But I think they've reined it in quite nicely. And they've still got that almost documentary feel, which is cool. It's not on the level of the Russian version, which is 29 people. Right. Oh, <laughs> okay. Wow. I found that out this morning. In the Russian version, there are 29 people trying to hide in Russia, the world's largest country. Doing the American version too now, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's actually heard anything about it, but it's CBS doing the American version. Yeah, they put out they put out casting for it, didn't they? And then I haven't heard anything else. Well, the, the head of whatever the reality department is at CBS is a massive, massive fan of the Channel 4 version. He described it as the best format of, la- of last year. If you do it here in, in Australia, it'd just be too easy to hide. We don't have a million cameras everywhere. You cities, so you just get out of the city and you'll be fine, right? Go to the back of Burke, as they say. 
and no one will find you. <laughs> See, I'm not sure whether these rules were in it last year, but this year they've made a big thing of the fact that during hunting hours, as they call it, they have to stay on the move. They have to contact friends and family this year, whereas I don't think it was required last year. And there's a couple of other little things that they've... I suspect they've added this year just to make it a bit harder for people to win 100 grand, for want of a better term. How many times do they have to contact their family? I'm not sure. On the website, it says that they they need to make use of a support network and must make contact with family and friends. Oh, well, you just do it the first minute out of that first door and just ring straight away, and then that's it, done. Because that's why I suspect that, that the two lads brought a phone with them, because they were aware of that rule, and they thought, oh, we'll contact early. Get it done, get it out of the way. It did say in the show as well, uh, they're required to stay on the move, and then uh, found out on Twitter they can only stay in the same location for no more than two days. So you've got to keep on the move all the time. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they... they thought let's phone home really quickly and then burn the phone although it did seem to be their actual phone which is yeah not the smartest thing to do but if they were in the car of a getaway drive who was related to them just leave the phone in the car yeah and when it says location can you just move 200 meters down the field i mean how how much are they specifying these particular things that they have to do I'm just wondering. There, there would be specific distances, I suspect. Yeah, I, th- I think there's a whole set of rules, most of which haven't been revealed yet. So the cash was an interesting one. Someone said on Twitter, why don't you just withdraw the cash on day one and then they weren't able to track you. And um, I think it was I who responded with who said we got all the cash in one go, which I thought was quite interesting. Do you remember Wanted, Anthony? I didn't watch Wanted. Are you aware of it, though? Yeah, I'm aware of that. Because I seem to remember there was a rule on that. It was very similar to Hunting Michelle, mm. in the fact that it was um, it was more of a primetime, live-on-the-run thing, phoning in spottings and things. But I seem to remember there was the country was divided into 10-mile by 10-mile squares, and once they'd been into that square, they had to move the next day, and they couldn't go back to that square. So it might be a similar rule for Hunted. Mm, okay. Do you remember last year I said to you, I think when we were watching it, or I think I watched it after you, and I said, why didn't they just withdraw all the money on the first day? Which is what I would do. Yes. Yeah. And, and so many loopholes, I try and find my way around. But if they put all these specifics on this year, they've obviously made it a lot harder. And there's a lot less money as well. I don't know whether you guys picked up on this. It was £450 last year. It's 250 this year. Yeah, that's a lot less. Um, I think that's what started the conversation about the ATM because over here, 250 is the normal amount you can take in one go. So that's what prompted the uh, response of nobody said got all the money in one hit. So maybe they have uh, a daily or a weekly allowance and are only allowed to uh, take so much so that they have to keep going back for more. That's so annoying because then they're just... That's not fair, is it? How can it be fair? If it's a game called Hunted and you're supposed to be staying hidden, but, okay, we're going to make you reveal yourself every, what, 10 days. It's not very fair, is it? Yeah, but life isn't fair. They're making a TV program first and foremost. Kind of answers the response of why don't people just hole up in an attic for three weeks? Well, because A, it's against the rules, and B, it would make for a really terrible TV show. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, it specifically says on the website, no hiding in the sewer for the entire time. So someone obviously thought of that tactic. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. English sewers. That'd be diabolical after centuries and centuries of muck. It says they must not break the law. During active hours of hunting, they must keep on the move and change location regularly. No hiding in the sewer for the entire time. Like many of the most successful real-life fugitives, they must attempt to throw the hunters off their scent and do their best to decoy them. And again, like real-life fugitives, they need to make use of a support network and they must also make uh, contact with family and friends. Fair enough. Nice. So, the start line for this series, because everyone gets sent away from the same place, is Birmingham's Milk Street. Yeah, I like the start much better. This I think we were all confused last year as to whether they started at the same time or, or whether it was staggered. It was much clearer this year, which was good. Yeah, it feels like it's done a bit more chronologically this year because we got a sense of everyone's initial thoughts as they were leaving, at least, before we focused in on the three teams of fugitives that we'd be focusing on for the episode. Mm. I had no idea what was going on. I remember asking you last year, well, wh- when did they leave? And if they left at the same time? And why are they leaving later? And I was just so confused. No, I was in the same boat because it felt like there were staggered starts, but then the rendezvous at the end was in one location at one time. So I guess they must have started at least on the same day. Otherwise, they wouldn't have done the 28 days on the run. Mm. Yeah, my suspicion is it was probably staggered by about an hour, just so we could get the um, the chief saying, and we have a new fugitive on the run for every single team. But it felt a lot better to me that it was done chronologically, because you just got a sense of where everyone was at the same time. And also, it then gave them an excuse to have the flashy map at the end of each day. You should always have a flashy map on any good show. Exactly. <laughs> I suspect that the, the 200 quid that was stolen from the fugitives probably went towards Blex's flashy map. <laughs> but also, the fact that they named the location makes me think that this could be the extraction point. Ah, good thinking. Yeah, they were very precise, weren't they, naming the exact street, which incidentally is less than a mile from where I work. So had it not been on a Sunday, I might have uh, encountered some of the fugitives. I wouldn't be shocked if... The twist at the end is that Milk Street is going to be the extraction point. Last year, they had to go to that airport that I can't even remember the name of. I know, but it's not exciting if it's not like an air, like an airplane or a helicopter or something. The ending of last year was edge of your seat, exciting. Like you, I was like screaming, get on the plane. They're running across the tarmac and the other cars coming. I mean, it could have been edited that way, but I was just so excited about that. And if they're just going to go to a warehouse, I don't know. It doesn't have the same feel as if they took off on a plane or off a chopper or something like that. So half an hour after the fugitives make their escape, the hunters get the footage and the names and details of all of the fugitives. And they quickly twig that it's 10 people and Kirk and Jones are already identified as military. Just from the way they walk. You can tell by the way I walk, I'm a military man. No time to talk. <laughs> And the fugitives can plan their initial escape, either with help from family or friends, or hiding a mode of transport nearby. And then they're on the run. With the big suitcases. Yeah, the suitcases were brilliant. Uh, There was a time where I thought, really? Seriously, these guys are going to last 10 minutes. But of course it was a deep. It was a a very clever subterfuge. I liked it. Yeah, they are the successor to Christy and Jody. (laughs) Got an amazing race reference somewhere in every podcast. And also Hamish and Michaela, their interview is one of the best. 
I mean, Hamish says that Michaela has the temper of a tasered Tyrannosaurus. I know. How good is that? He said he doesn't, um, he thinks that maybe they could rekindle their romance. Well, absolutely. And yeah, I think she's up for it. What, what she, she says, she says this. Uh, I'm certainly cuddling him. Which, <laughs> it's a green light, I think, Zen. I like that they left their relationship a little bit ambiguous because usually you would sort of have the hunter say, oh, it's a team of friends or team of ex-colleagues or whatever. They didn't actually specify what their relationship was. Mm. Are they friends? Are they more? Yeah. I like it. I like it. There's the potential of something else in between all the hunted stuff. Absolutely. Bit of bit of sexual tension going on there. Yeah, they, it, it gets a bit of a feel like they might be friends with benefit to me. <laughs> yeah. I would love it if the hunters track them down and they end up having to split off and it's like some sort of terrible... Rom-com. <laughs> that would be what what I would endorse. What time of year was this? It was March. Was it? Yeah, because the hunted Twitter was deactivated right after they'd posted all the um, the fugitives posters. Oh, okay. I, Why? I thought tweeting that they'd wrapped up at the end of May, but maybe that's um, including post and everything. Yeah, I'm assuming that's including post because I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it was March April time. Okay. Okay. Because um, you know, one of the detectives said that the girls Anna and Elizabeth are wearing leggings and, and that they would freeze. That's Hunter Julie, one of our friends. She keeps retweeting everything we post. To be fair though, Michelle, you, you could freeze in August over here, so I know. So why are the girls wearing silly leggings? Seriously, they're in England. Freezing. They have bags on the back. They'll probably get a change of clothes. Why even take legging? I'm thinking they're just a bit silly. You don't want bulky clothing. Otherwise, if you need to climb through a gate, you might get stuck. <laughs> I'm talking from a women's perspective here. Pants aren't that more <laughs> baggy than leggings. And I don't think the leggings are going to make any difference with the size of that bag. <laughs> Maybe they were just comfortable. No, no excuse for stupidity. It's like shorts in the Pokemon game. They're comfortable and easy to wear. <laughs> and uh, Nick, the house husband, is the only person not to have a getaway driver because he decides instead to get a bike. And who can blame him after the success last year of Martin and Stephen? Clearly, take a bike, head on the canal towpath, down a bottle of whiskey, jobs are good. Yeah. But for the love of God, don't do it in the middle of a city centre. Get away from the place where the hunters are going to know you are before you go on a bike where your top speed is probably going to be about 10 miles an hour on a canal. His utter cluelessness actually helped him get away. He got lost again because he couldn't get back to the right canal. He got away. In a, in a move of unintentional genius, I think that was yeah. that. I actually asked him on Twitter whether he realised how close he came to getting caught. And uh, you'll be surprised to learn he had no idea whatsoever how close no. that <laughs> Just because last year's first five episodes all ended with someone getting caught or someone getting caught in the last ten minutes, I was just waiting for him to get caught. Mm. And like, oh yeah, there's our prerequisite capture for the day. Not realising that the the video at the start kind of revealed that he didn't get caught on the canal. I was just going, you moron! Why why would you willingly go for a mode of transport that's going to be ten miles an hour at most right at the start? You need 
distance from the hunters before you can take those gambles. You need to not underestimate him. I can't decide if he is really much more sophisticated than we're giving, giving him, him credit, credit for, yeah. or if he is as inept as he comes across. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love how bitchy the hunters have become. I want him to stay in just to see if whatever he tries to do actually because it's so silly he actually gets through i, th- I think you know we, we, we've given all the credit to jazz and kurt with all their military skills but we're missing out on what is clearly the biggest advantage in the game uh, in this is my politeness excuse me sorry hello sorry politeness that, that is the the key to staying on the run for 28 days Oh, I will be tearing Kirk and Jez a new one fairly soon. Don't worry about that. For all their bravado about being military chained, they were morons. <laughs> oh, God. That grass suit. Not the ghillie suit. Oh, no, that was... Well, that kind of made sense when you realised that they were required to contact family and friends, and it kind of made sense for him to do it on his son's birthday. But for the love of God, don't write your plans down. Oh. The golden oh. rule of hunting, don't leave anything in writing ever, ever, don't ever, at, ever. Don't look at anything on any device that is in your house. <sighs> God damn. There's libraries with computers for a reason. There's brothers and sisters who live in other counties for a reason. Exactly. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was watching this at, like, midnight on Thursday night, Friday morning, just going, You idiots! Idiots! Yeah, but to be fair, you know, they're up against uh, a crack team of ethical hackers. I'm I'm not quite sure what an ethical hacker means. Does it mean he buys fair trade coffee? Yeah, I I was very confused by the concept of an ethical hacker as well. I I was confused by the fact that they spent hours trying random passwords before bothering to look at what the password hint was. It did make me think of Portal 2. An A, 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 A? Nope, that's not the password. A, 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 B? Nope. Let's try D. D. What about, like, I'm going to say real police. Can't, how can they get in, they can get into, hack into machines without having a password, though, can't they? Yeah, but. They're not going to do that. Yeah, the thing that's specified on the website is Kevin O'Leary, the guy who created Hunted, is also the independent adjudicator. And they have to follow correct procedure before he will give them help, basically. Right. They'd never find out my password. It's it's in my head. I don't have it written. I don't have a clue. I don't have anything. So to get into my computer, they'd actually have to do something different. They only get the information that will help them after they've done due procedure, basically. I also agree with you, I don't have a password hint either. Why on earth would you set a password hint? Ever. Especially a password hint that gives the answer to absolutely anybody who looks at it. If you're going to set a hint, then it should be cryptic enough that only you know what it means, surely. Mm. Why don't you two apply for this show next year? Because I would hate it. I would hate every second of it. I'm not sure how well I'd do either. Oh my god, you two go on as a pair. I would hate the invasion of privacy anyway. I would hate being on the run for 28 days. I would be miserable, Michelle. That's why. No, but it would make good TV for me to watch you two. (laughs) I would be fantastic television on anything that I would be on, but I would hate every second of it. And you couldn't pay me a million pounds to do it. (laughs) Oh, it's sad. 
So Kirk and Jez have settled upon the idea of using a network of veterans to hide them, basically. The first of which is on a country estate near Belson. And um, apparently HQ can bring in the getaway drivers for questioning. Which is a fake out, because they're just putting bugs on everything that uh, the getaway drivers own. Yeah, I mean, well, they're, they're obviously following everybody who's, who's involved in the show. I liked Olaf, though. I, I'd have liked him to be in a fugitive, I think. I, I like his deadpan, I'm not giving you any information mm. style. It's good. I wonder about the behind-the-scenes stuff, because everyone who's a getaway driver would have had to sort of sign off on being summoned whenever. But also the friends and family. Because we, as we get to with Anna and Elizabeth, they can contact friends and family, and the friends and family have to meet the Hunters. And have to surrender the fugitives' electronics. Yeah, but they don't have to tell them every single detail about the fugitives. Oh my god, that mother. I wanted <laughs> to stop her talking. To be fair to her, the hunters had already worked out that they were probably going to be camping because of the massive tents on their back. Yeah, but she doesn't I know. know. No, she doesn't know that they didn't stuff it inside the pack. I mean, why on earth would she say, oh, I don't know where they're going to camp? Oh, fuck. Oh, my God. But it did give us a moment where we saw just what a a genius detective Ben Owen is, because having just found out that they've got big backpacks, they've got tents, and they're probably going to truck stops, then we get to hear... I think they're going to hitchhike after getting a lift and then do some camping. Genius. How how (laughs) did he put that together? This is why this man is paid the big bucks. Absolutely. This is... I am confident that our military intelligence is in good hands when we have those kind of deduction skills. And I was very pleased to see the return of last year's champions in uh, Nicky and Danny. Absolutely. My favourite hunters, without shadow of a doubt. I love Thorny Nicky, as she is on Twitter, and Danny. Brilliant. If I'm not mistaken, they caught three of the six teams who were uh, were caught last year. Yeah, I think you're right. Superb. She's the one with the dark long hair, yeah? Yes, two girls. One with the the dark long hair. And also, just going back to Anna and Elizabeth, having seen series one, why on earth would you then go, hmm, I know, let's follow a predetermined route of truck stops, which all have cameras. I know, I know. I think if there was one thing that came out from season one, it's that the biggest thing they've got going for the hunters is predicting what you're going to do. So you need to be as random as possible. So following a motorway network is not a great idea because as soon as they figure out which direction you're going, then there's only a limited number of places where you're going to be. Yeah. So they're idiots. (laughs) <laughs> I don't understand a lot of things these people are doing. I, I really, I'm speechless sometimes. I look at the screen and just, what the hell? I'm pretty sure, unlike certain American shows, that everyone has seen Hunted from last year. But their behaviour says, no, they haven't. You know, when, you, when you're in the moment, you're a bit paranoid, you maybe just revert to type and, and do the kind of stuff that anybody would do. No, no, I'm sorry, I wouldn't do it, Anthony, I wouldn't. <laughs> by the same token, if you've got to move every two days, that gives you 14 locations is all you have to find to be able to win 100 grand or a share of 100 grand. Mm-hmm. So you go as rural as possible, you stretch the limits of how far you have to move, and you make boring television, because boring television wins. As much as it's great for us when you have a Dr. Ricky Allen or 
by the sound of things, some of his successes this series, which we're going to get to in later episodes, I suspect, you just need to survive. It's not about being flashy necessarily, unless it's required. It's about surviving. Uh, yeah, but I don't think they were even doing anything flashy. I just think that they thought, what's the quickest way of getting the furthest distance possible? And I'm not even sure, why Why do you need to go long distance? You're absolutely right, Michael. Just find somewhere for two days and then just find somewhere else and just keep moving. They, you know, they've gone from Birmingham and then now they're heading to Cornwall. That's a, that's a lot of places where potentially they're going to get picked up. Yeah, and especially when it comes to getting lifts off people. You don't know whether you've got into a car with a hunter. And that would be fantastic television. They did follow the correct protocol, which is always check. Are you an over-hive agent? There you go. It's just like that. They're legally obliged to tell you the truth. And then they did at least check. So you're not an MI5 agent? There you go. It's, it's job done. So many... MI5 stings have been broken by some foreign dictator going, are you an MI5 agent? And legally, because they're polite and British and honest, they have to say, yes, yes, I am, sir. Now kill me. Exactly. (laughs) See, if Nick was an MI5 agent, you'd have no worries, would you? Because he's polite. So he would say, actually, yes, I am an MI5 agent. Sorry about that. Yeah, sorry. As fantastic television as it would be to see a team get into a car and uh, then the driver and the passengers turn around and go, oh, by the way, your time in the run's over. I don't think we would get that because they keep having to change the field teams so that it's not as obvious. And yet one field team still got identified. Yeah. And did you notice the Ashley Collingville Memorial Eagle screech during Kirk and Jesse's tank scene? Yes, I did. I I very nearly clipped it for you, and then uh, I couldn't find it in time. But yes, I did notice. Pretty sure that's the same eagle screech. I'm pretty sure it is as well, because it's the first Google listing, basically. (laughs) It's just a sound effect of an eagle. Because, trust me, I tried to find it for our uh, Major Race Canada podcast. And I am pleasantly surprised with how many F-bombs were dropped in this episode. I forgot how sweary hunted is. Yes, so did I. And Kirk does make a plan to meet up with his wife and son on his son's birthday, which the Hunters find out about. And the Hunters are on their way to bug the wife's car. Foiled. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they got there too late, but, I mean, really, does it have to be on your son's birthday? I mean, if if his wife was telling the truth and he's missed birthdays before, surely he could wait one more day to make contact. It just seemed like they're almost taunting him at that stage. But had he waited another day, they would have got caught Mm. earlier than they nearly did anyway. Yeah, that is true. It was the right call as it happened. I love that he took a full-body camouflage suit with him. Absolutely. And then crawled across freshly mown grass. So that the colour was totally different. There appears to be a moving hedge over there. I'm very much enjoying the rise of costumes this year. Did you see right at the beginning when we first saw um, Lolly or Lorna as the son? She she had a dog mask. (laughs) Yeah, around her neck. She had a wig and a dog mask. I have no idea where that's going to come up. I hope she gets to use it. I've no idea how, but that's going to be good. How how is that not noticeable? (laughs) And why is her wig the same colour as her hair? Her wig is blonde. Her hair is blonde. What the no. hell? 
I want to see her car drive past uh, the hunters and the hunters go, oh, there's a dog with a, a cameraman <laughs> sat next to them in that back seat. <laughs> Nothing to see here. <laughs> that has to play out. If she doesn't use the mask, I will be very, very disappointed. <laughs> I like how she was listed as a temp worker as well, despite the fact that we all know she's a comedian. Yeah, why are they calling Lorna when she's like known as Lolly? Even the press pack has her listed as Lolly. So I don't know what that's all about. Are they just trying to downplay it, or I don't know. If I'm not mistaken, they originally listed Jez as Jeremy and then changed it halfway through the episode. So it might just be a case of them listing her as Lorna until her episode. And then changing it to Lolly. Yeah. As we get to know her, she'll reveal herself as Lolly. Yeah, that'll make sense. And um, Kirk and Jez decide to go one step further than anyone did last series and dye their hair. And, you know, what better way to go undiscovered than to dye your hair bright yellow? Definitely not targets. But still wear the army garb. (laughs) So, So there's nothing happening there. They've just gone blonde and they've still got their army gear on. And they still walk like soldiers. How do they walk like soldiers? Can you tell me how that is? Well, I, I think it was more to do with the fact that they're amputees. And the fact right. that they're quite, it's quite stiff movement, would yeah. be my suspicion. But I think when they initially started out, that footage you could see, they were almost marching, weren't they? And they, they had full kits properly packed. and it, They did look like military, to be fair. Yeah, you you could pick them out of a crowd, especially when there's like half of the hunters who have a military background. Yep. Mm. I mean, Ben was a fucking sniper. Yeah. I just don't understand why change the hair if you don't change your clothes. I don't know. Yeah, Kirk and Jez made some moves that I have no idea where they were coming from. I, I've got a suspicion it'll all pan out well for them, but it just on the face of it seems like, what the hell... On paper, of all the the teams of fugitives, six teams, four pairs and uh, two singles, on paper, you would probably put them as the most likely to win. Yes. And yet they were the closest to getting captured. Yep. They they were like 10 feet away from getting captured. Do you think and that's because they're cocky? They think they know it? They think uh, they know it all? They think they can just win? Yeah, because it wasn't like they were caught out by anything particularly sophisticated. You know, they reached out to a known associate, and so, you know, they, they caught him. They were all over Dave Leo. In the same way that you, if you're Anna and Elizabeth, you, for the love of God, don't be predictable, you can't build up a support network purely because it's very predictable, and the hunters are going to go for it and find the connection. Yeah, Predictability loses you hunted. It's as simple as that. Absolutely. And if you are going to reach out to a network, it can't be a network of people who are immediately obvious, like other ex-military amputees, because that's kind mm. of the first place you're going to look, surely. Yeah. The hunters very quickly find Kirk's detailed plans of where they're going to hide and who they're contacting, and surprisingly, they get tracked down. Mm. Who'd have thunk? Uh, I know we've covered this, but seriously, why would you write down detail of anything anywhere that can't be erased? And, and I mean, like, physically erased. Don't even trust a device. If you're going to write something down, write it on pen and paper and then destroy it. Just don't leave a trail anywhere. Yeah, eat it, definitely. <laughs> and why on earth would you choose to go to Blackpool? <laughs> I know! <laughs> Oh, not just for the sake of Blackpool being Blackpool, if that's what you're you're getting at, but there's so many cameras there. 
And also, if it was filmed in March, April, as we said, that's pretty much out of season in Blackpool. So it's not even as if you could sort of hide in plain sight. There's not going to be many people uh, around the town centre at that time of the year. For want of a better term, Blackpool is freezing all year round. You don't willingly choose to go to Blackpool. Well, it is a lovely place. Trust me, I live about 20 miles away. (laughs) I've been to Blackpool. It wasn't cold when I went. Yeah, you must have been on the one non-freezing day. (laughs) Could probably name the day you went based on that. I mean, it it did look abysmal. It is a cold place. So next time, Kirk and Jez leave in a van. Uh, The hunters get told to fuck off. The hunt goes very public and someone jumps in a canal. Yeah, who do you think that is? It's a girl. One of Anna and Elizabeth, I think. It's yeah. definitely it's definitely female. Um, I'm not sure whether it's one of the girls or whether it might even been Lolly. And why did they say don't jump in the canal? As if she's not going <laughs> to jump in the canal. <laughs> Having been to a lot of our canals, I wouldn't jump in the canal. I wouldn't jump into the canal. There's a pretty good chance you jump in and just be able to walk across. To be honest, there's that much rubbish in it. And I would be shocked if we don't see a capture next week. Oh, there'll be one. Definitely going to be one next week. So the question is who? So, what was it? On... Kirk and Jez, Hamish and Michaela, and what was the third? Anna and Elizabeth, the girls. Oh, so one who jumps just... in the canal. Yeah. Yeah. There's only one blonde in that, and that <laughs> is uh, Elizabeth, isn't it? So I think it's probably going to be the girls who are first capture. Yeah. We mm. must see the drone scene this week, then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, as soon as we see the drone this week, it's going to be game over for them, I suspect, because I'm pretty sure they're the ones who end up in the canal. I'm not and sure. canals are generally in the countryside where they were sitting when the drone was around, aren't they? Or canals everywhere? It looked to me like it was um, at the back of a pub, something like that. It looked like a pub garden um, with a canal running behind it. I love English pubs. Your pub meals and pims. Just a little aside. So I think we're pretty much in agreement that it's going to be Anna and Elizabeth who are out next week. Yeah. Sadly, I, I like Anna and Elizabeth. Yeah. yeah oh, Nick's, I love Nick's Nick. my hero. Brilliant. Uh, <laughs> although, did you notice that um, Anna and Elizabeth uh, managed to sneak an extra member of their team? I can't remember off the top of my head, but I'm sure you're about to tell us. Anna, Theresa May and Elizabeth Francis Garnick. <laughs> See? Anna, Theresa May and Elizabeth Francis Garnet. There's three of them. And one of them's the Prime Minister. Who you'd think would be pretty easy to spot. So, is there anything else to say about this hunted episode before we return next week? No, I just think it was it was a welcome return. They've played it exactly as as they needed to. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how CBS play it, but um, no, I think I think it's great. It's it's exactly where it needs to be. Mm. I know for certain that CBS are not doing any individuals. It's all pairs because they they only cast for pairs. Because yeah. they can get a lot of conversation that way. You can't get a lot of conversation from a single person just walking around. Unless you're Nick, because you've got lots of him saying you hello can, yeah. and sorry. Exactly. Yeah, the, the singles were very fun last year. I mean, Dr. Ricky Allen was the best of anyone last year in terms of entertainment. Yeah. He was good. But he'd talk to his cameraman. Yeah. And to be fair, I think um, Emily and Lauren were probably more interesting when they split up as well. Yeah. Especially when, weirdly, they were afraid of helicopters following them. But maybe that's why they got the idea to rope in some helicopters this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
When I went to London earlier in the year, I actually pulled into platform uh, three at Euston, and I took a picture for Michelle captioned, Dr. Ricky Allen, your time of the run is over. <laughs> oh, that was the worst episode ever. Yep. Sorry, spoilers for anyone who's not seen series one. I, I wanted to bring that up, actually. Do you think he got caught, or do you think he pretty much gave himself up? I think he gave himself up. There is n- no way that you willingly do an Edinburgh to London train and not get off at Milton Keynes. No. It, it just seemed like he, it was like, well, I don't, I don't want to actually give up, but maybe if I do this, they'll catch me and, and it'll be done. Having been on quite a few Virgin Pendolino trains, there are a lot of cameras. And I, I know that officially the Hunters don't actually have access to those cameras, but the Hunters had to know he was on that train. There is no form of transport that is more filled with cameras than a train in Britain. No, you're absolutely spot on. While we're talking about that, can we, can we just discuss the whole it's a reality show, not real life? Because there was a massive Twitter storm, well, in hunted terms, about the whole, why don't they just look for the cameraman? And all of that kind of rubbish. So I just want to get it out there that, no, they don't really have access to CCTV or automatic number plate recognition. But I'm assuming the way it works is, if the fugitives go somewhere where they would have been seen by CCTV, then it's fair game and they get reported back that they've been spotted. Would you agree with that? Yeah, especially when reading about Kevin O'Leary's role. Mm-hmm. My assumption is that as they pass a camera, the cameraman, the embedded cameraman as they call it, sends Kevin O'Leary a message saying, look, they would have been seen on camera here, makes it available to the hunters if necessary, but the hunters have to do the research to find it. Yeah. And then Kevin O'Leary says, oh yeah, they were actually spotted here. Yeah, that, that's how I would see it working. Because there's no other way that they could do it without having a lot of paperwork. It's not as if it's a, an obvious cameraman either. It's not going to be like the massive cameras. It's not like the ones on Amazing Race. It's just little... It's a GoPro. Yeah, tiny ones. Because there's no other way that you could really do a hide-and-seek-based program than have someone with a GoPro. And you notice when they were in that restaurant, all of a sudden the cameraman seemed to go under the table or, you know, hide. I wonder if the hunters know the faces of the cameramen. Good question. Yeah, they may, I suppose. Because that might be why the cameraman went under yeah so he didn't get spotted yeah mm. but yeah i i mean i had it written in my notes that kirk and jez were the first ones to go because i thought there is no way that they can run out mm. you would have thought so they managed to avoid it and um this was uh, another thing that a lot of people was why didn't they just come and grab them um so i did get some information on that i'll read what kirk replied um he said one of the rules is the hunters have to grab you on the shoulder to initiate capture, which I think we knew. Uh, when they turned up, the restaurant was very busy and they'd been dithering around whether it was us or not. Mr. Bazra got annoyed with them and clocked on that they wanted to annoy his guests. His staff were brilliant in preventing the hunters getting in. The episode didn't really show the situation very well and it left a lot of people questioning why the hunters didn't dive straight in. If they had gone around collaring anyone without positive ID, then it would have gone badly. Um, but the outcome of this cliffhanger will be revealed next week. So, thanks for listening to this Hunted podcast. You can join us next Sunday for more Hunted recaps. 
If you've got any questions, feel free to contact us on our Facebook page, Reality TV Warriors, on our Twitter account, RTV Warriors, or our own Twitter pages, MJ Halmstone for me, Bear, 3333333333333333 for Michelle, and Bull's Boy for Anthony. And I have been waiting a year to say this, but with that, your time in the run is over. It's not so much David and Goliath, it's David's slack mate versus Goliath.